Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Six minutes after nine on News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. It's a windy, chilly Friday morning, but it is Friday. We do have that going for us. How are we feeling? 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Well, uh, I would start planning on paying more for a tank of gas fairly quickly. Uh, I just uh, was reading something that uh, overnight, overnight, the price uh, of uh, of oil went up about 3%. Uh, I expect that will, I'm not an economics uh, genius, but I, I imagine that'll get, you know, even more, uh, we'll, we'll see even more increase in a, in a price of uh, a barrel of oil, uh, because we uh, apparently have a shooting war in the Red Sea overnight. Um... As you know, and we've talked about it a lot on the show, all of us have, uh, Trey, Jack, everybody's talked about this, that, you know, since October 7th, okay, our military uh, has been fired upon by the Houthis, uh, who largely are, are sponsored by Iran. Most well, completely sponsored by Iran. They're a bunch of terrorist a-holes, but they're, they're backed by Iran, just like the... Uh, just like uh, 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 Hamas and Hezbollah and Lebanon. Uh, In fact, there's been, I think, uh, damn near 30 attacks. And the Houthis for themselves uh, have been saying, which is actually in contradiction to what we've been saying, but what they've been saying is, uh, well, we're only attacking ships that we think are supplying Israel. We're terrorists. We don't like Israel. But that's not true, because they started attacking commercial vessels, and we had an oil tanker that they, uh, that they took over the other day. And uh, this, uh, if you start uh, taking out uh, uh, packing crate trucks, if you will, you know, uh, heavily stocked uh, uh, tr- uh, uh, ships and, and uh, uh, ships carrying oil and, and tankers and stuff like that, you, you interrupt what? Well, you, your ability to buy stuff at the Walmart, my ability to get a tank of gas, you screw with the shipping lanes and you screw with the whole planet. Uh, and so uh, we, we had an airstrike or uh, an attack, a coalition strike. And the two big dogs were the U.S., you know, us, U.S., and the Brits. But I think there's about 17 other or several other nations that have uh, at least, you know, ponied up a few people and some ships, some munitions. I think Australia is one. Point being, uh, we're in a shooting war in the Red Sea. And what we're hearing today, we were talking about this at the tail end of Where and Rima. Uh, yeah, what are we hearing from the State Department? What are we hearing from our own government? Well, nobody wants an escalation. Hey, hey, dude, we've escalated. We are in escalation. <laughs> there, you know, it's why they call it an escalator, right? Because it escalates your ass up to the second floor. Tensions have escalated. Uh, and, uh, wow, you know, all the chess pieces are kind of lining up here. We, we've heard more, uh, in the past week or so. We've talked about it on this show. We've talked about it on Where in Rima. And China now is doing some saber rattling over Taiwan. Welcome to the world on a Friday in the year 2023. I mean, I, I don't know how you're feeling. Uh, 2024, all right, I forgot. I'm that guy, by the way, that it takes me about six months. 
to realize we're in a new stinking year. Uh, so we have, I'm that guy. So we have all this stuff going on, and uh, your president, the leader of the free world, called a lid yesterday at 4 p.m. He's getting some downtime. Okay. Joe needs some Joe time. Uh, you know, Jill's got to feed him some Gerbers. Uh, and <laughs> the hospice nurse has got to come in and kind of, you know, massage his legs a little, make sure the blood's flowing there. You go get some TV time, man. He called a lid at four o'clock. And, uh, I, yeah, we, we, we talk about this all the time and sure. I, I, he, I, is he calling the shots? No, I don't think he is. The uh, Lloyd Austin thing proves that point, if nothing else. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't know, you know, how this came about, but he he is at least at face value the president of the United States of America. So he has to okay this stuff. Uh, apparently, he did that, and then you know got some shut eye. Again, got some uh, got some pureed uh, peaches, <laughs> got some pureed bananas, uh, you know, for a snack there, and then uh, closed his papers. And uh, I, I don't, again, I don't know how you're feeling about this. Uh, if you're watching this, if this is concerning to you, but and not to freak you out on a Friday, but I, I, I don't feel like I'm going to freak you out because I'm sure most of you are already thinking this just by virtue of the fact that you're listening to me and listening to KTSA. Sure as hell feels like World War Three is. Uh, is amping up here. Uh, this is in large measure much like the way World War One kicked off. Uh, so I, I don't know, man. I don't know where this is going to go. But uh, again, the, the Houthis. I, I made an observation. I don't know if anybody else has thought of this. And maybe I'm full of crap for thinking this. I don't know. But I started breaking down You know who Hamas is, who Hezbollah is, who are the Houthis. And do you remember the good old days, uh, if you will, in the Middle East when the Sunni and the Shia hated each other's guts? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember now who the majority was, I think, in Iraq and Iran, Syria. Because uh, one was decimating the other, I think, in northern Iraq for a long time. I think we supported the minority. I can't remember if that was the Sunni or the Shia at this point. Point being that... Classically, the Shia and the Sunni are a bunch of Muslims who hate each other's guts. One wants the other to go away. Interesting how, in this moment, the Shia and the Sunni are, are fine, man. They're buds. <laughs> they got a, in other words, in the bad guy uh, you know, uh, world, and by bad guys, I mean Muslim zealots, fundamentalist Islamic weirdos, and I don't care who that offends. I don't care if you think I'm Islamophobic. I don't hate all Muslims. I just hate the ones that want to kill me. Okay, I don't like those Muslims. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'm Islamophobic to Muslims that want to kill me and kill my family and kill everything. Who, all the people who aren't like them. And again, inside the world of fundamentalist Islam, okay, the Shi and the Sunni have been duking it out for a long time. Wow, they're all buds. Again, they're, they're, they're all working in partnership now. Because Hez, you know, whether you're talking about Hezbollah in uh, what the north in Yemen, uh, or you're talking about uh, Hamas uh, in Gaza, Palestine, the Houthis now out of Yemen. Okay, Iran is pulling the strings on all of this. 
and talk about a unifying rally uh, rallying cry. Hey, we all hate the Jews and the Americans, don't we? <laughs> let's let's put our own differences on hold right now, so we can totally decimate the Jews and the Americans and anybody else that supports them. You know how we do that? Screw up their shipping lines, man. And that's what they're doing. And it's not lost on me. And my brother Ware brought this up uh, earlier in the morning that uh, given the amount of money that we have freed up for Iran once the uh, sanction, the Trumpian sanctions were rolled back, uh, like I said, Brother Ware pointed this out, but, you know, we're probably being fired upon in the Red Sea by stuff we paid for. How's that make you feel? And and then you uh, you bring in the fact uh, that uh, we have an open border, uh, and we know a lot of bad guys uh, from the Islamic uh, world are strolling across the border. I didn't realize just how many Chinese we have coming across the border, but we got a lot of them. 16,000, I think. Uh, isn't that right, James? Between, uh, I think, December and is it even more? Well, yeah, because we don't know about the getaways. Yeah, I, I know some people, if you're a liberal idiot and you're listening to this show because you like pain, uh, you enjoy being injured or whatever, uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't really think you're a buggy-eyed conspiracy theorist at this point if you look at the situation along the border, which was bought and paid for via the Biden administration. In other words, they own Biden's ass. All these people own Biden's ass. I don't think you're you're Alex Jonesing it uh, if you say, well, very obviously they're rolling a whole lot of operatives into into this country, whether they're Muslim operatives, terrorist bad guys, uh, Chinese bad guys. Uh, it it certainly feels like, apart from the political benefit of the open border, uh, the operational benefit from the Folks around the world that would like to see us brought to our knees, it certainly feels like they're seeding our country with people that could just go active overnight and start doing all kinds of stuff. You throw into that that over the past few years, I think we all kind of agree, uh, the the uh, technology and the computer systems operating our infrastructure have been attacked. I think a lot of those were dry runs. I don't think they were necessarily... You know, this business where you you hack into a company's system and then, you know, basically hold their system hostage until they give you money. I, I think a lot of this is military. I think a lot of this is operational. I think a lot of this stuff was, th- th- these were dry runs. In other words, I think something really bad is going to happen at some point. Sorry for uh, for harshing your Friday, but what do you what are you thinking? What, what's in your mind as you watch the escalation? Yes, in the Red Sea, two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Let me know what you're thinking. We'll be right back. It's Sean on Newstalk five fifty KTSa. The Sean Rima Show. The twenty twenty four race for the White House. Stay connected with News Talk five fifty KTSA and FM one oh seven one. Yeah, and we're back. News Talk five fifty KTSA FM one oh seven one. I'm Sean. Talking about the escalation in the Red Sea. Some might call call it a uh, a shooting war. Anyway, uh, how are you feeling about it? Feels pretty book of revelationy, uh, doesn't it? Did I just say book of revelationy? I did. Greg, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you. What are you thinking? Well, the Pope 
uh, wanting same-sex yeah. uh, unions blessed, basically all the, the bishops in mostly every country is against it. Right. But Biden, Biden is for it. Um, as far as Zelensky and the war in Ukraine, why isn't he uh, for the U.S. sanctioning Iran and stopping the weapons from going to Russia, you know, that circle there? Or, I don't know. Why do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea, but I know Zelensky has a lot of dirt on Biden. That's for sure, and that's why he's getting a lot of money from us. Well, yeah, and I think it's all about the money, man. <laughs> that's how, James had the same reaction I did. It's yeah, it's the money river. It's what it's really about. Zelensky doesn't yeah. want the money river uh, uh, drying up, so you know whatever. As long as he gets okay. his uh, checks cut, he doesn't care what the hell Russia does with the <laughs> or whose munitions they're using or or what have you. I, I, yeah, I think sir. the war in Ukraine has been very good for Mister Zelensky in a certain way. So, okay. Gotta I, I got to run. All right. Uh, Tommy, what do you think? What's going on? Well, my one of my co-workers got killed Wednesday. And oh, no. I just, uh, t- yeah. I just talked to him. I tried to talk to him about the Bible. Uh, I told him that salvation was a free gift in um, Romans 5 and 6. And uh, it was being offered to him as a free gift. And uh, all he had to do was believe. And uh, he kind of poo-pooed me. He threw down the paper that I gave him about. It was a Bible tract. And uh, now he's dead. And the other so what, guy, what, 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 yeah, now what happened? I mean, what happened to him? He got shot. Uh, oh God! In San Marcos. But Jeez. anyway, the other guy had a, a stroke, and I've been talking to this guy for years. A second stroke, actually, and he got stuck in San Antonio delivering a vehicle, and he couldn't didn't know where he was. So they had to call an ambulance and haul him in. But I asked him, "Hey, if uh, you uh, died right now, where would you spend eternity?" He goes, "Well, I keep the Ten Commandments, but he doesn't. I've known the guys." What are we talking about here? I'm not really sure what. <laughs> I mean, I, I, why did you did you call to talk about this specifically or what? No, I mean, there's a lot of things I'd like to talk about, but I, I well, I'm obviously not able to. But anyway, we're, what do you mean? We're just about toast, huh? I, I just don't. I don't understand. Why did you call me to tell me this? Well, because we're getting close to the end, and things are happening, and you don't know when you're going to get killed or how you're going to get killed, and we don't know if we're going to be in a nuclear war at any time. We could wake up dead tomorrow very easily, and I think we're being overrun by migrants. Uh, we got a war coming with China and Russia, and we got Chinese pouring in by the truckload, and that's, uh, there's something we could talk about there because we're... I think we're going to be ev- invaded eventually by China. I think um, we're already being invaded <laughs> every single hour of every day. I mean, uh, I thank Jesus that uh, thank you Jesus that uh, Greg Abbott he took over the Shelby Park uh, from the feds who were it was a staging area, I guess, for the migrants coming in, the illegal aliens coming in. So Greg Abbott is at least trying to do something, but yeah, we got upwards of fifteen of- million people in this country already. I don't know what the hell we're going to do with, about that. Yeah, well, all my my buddy in Chicago is being overrun by our uh, our migrants. That's where I'm right. from originally, and right. and, and uh, Abbott sending them all here, poor guy. Well, you it's know, a sanctuary city, you know. I got to run, man. It's a sanctuary city, so let's get him up at least. At least, at, yeah, he took over. Uh, there was a, a Shelby Park in Eagle Pass, right? And uh, this was a staging area for the federales uh, for all the illegals coming in to be processed, I guess. Greg Abbott rolled down there and said, i got to protect Texas, and ran them all off, which apparently, according to Trey, they weren't that upset about. Uh, put up some barbed wire around this park and just took it over. I, you know, somebody's got to do something. I'm glad he's, he's doing what he's doing. 
But do I think we're being invaded? Yeah, I, I, I think the political aspect of it, sure, you want to flood states like Texas with uh, people you feel are, once you give them the right to vote, will vote Democrats. Sure, there's, there's political, political motivations here. But I, uh, I think a lot of bad guys around the world are using this opportunity to basically populate the country with operatives. You know, again, like I said a few minutes ago, whether you're talking about Islamic operatives or Chinese communist operatives, certainly uh, the cartels are rolling into the country and setting up shop where they weren't able to before. That's yeah, a bad sitch, man. We got to talk about something happy when we get back. Uh, I'll try to find something. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. Yeah, man. Newstalk 550 KTSA FM 1071. Yeah, of the Red Sea. I was just looking at the map. If you're messing with, you know, uh, transport ships or ships that are carrying goods and, uh, and oil and all that stuff in the Red Sea, then what they have to do is they have to travel all the way around the continent of Africa to get to where they're going. Around the Horn of Africa, as they say. And so they're saying there's already been a sh- uh, uh, an increase in shipping costs. It was like 53%. It's now up to like 64% or something like that. Just in a matter of hours, baby. Uh, so we'll get back to talking about that. Let's talk about some uh, ordinary life crap, though, for a few minutes. And, uh, and then we got Gennaro. We'll pr- bring- Gennaro, going to bring you on in a couple of minutes. You got you got a couple of more. You got some time for a couple of more tokes before he put you on the air there. But a couple of things. First off, I, I've been meaning to talk about this for a couple of days because I feel bad. Don Morgan, I don't know if you're listening, but I, you know, James, you you and James have to get up significantly earlier than I do. That's right. Fair. Yeah. Yes. I get up. At, this is precisely when I get up every morning. I get up at 5.15 a.m. every day. That's my time. Good Lord. You sleeping in for me. For you guys, because you get up at, what the hell are you, you? I get up at 3. You get up at 3. I'm up at 1. 1. Yeah. You're crazy people. So anyway, I, I, I know James goes to bed. What time do you go to bed? What would you say? I go to bed between 6.30 and 7. Wow, I must be nice, Pappy. <laughs> Well, be single, Don. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, ouch. <laughs> I, was, and I, still didn't get, I was, and I got less sleep then. So, so typically, yeah, uh, like 37? 7 o'clock, I should be like asleep, you know, in REM sleep. Well, he's in REM sleep by that point, and I feel bad because I, I ass-dialed him from my recliner. Oh my what yeah. time was it the other night? 8.38. Oh, God. <laughs> He's and, deep in the REMs at that point. Yeah, I you answer know. the phone just in case, you know, something. Because I never like, call. I'm not a call. I don't like to call people. Yeah, I don't call people. That's why I, I answered. And I, I asked dial him sitting in my recliner uh, at 830, and I didn't didn't even realize at first. Until you heard my I, muffled well, I, voice. I heard something. What the hell was that? And I looked out on my phone. You know how when your phone call is reduced, it's just there in the corner of the phone, and the seconds are ticking off? <laughs> like, oh, crap, I called somebody, and I'm It's James. <laughs> and did, were you able to get back to sleep? No, I got up and watched the stupid uh, debates. Oh, I'm no, so sorry. He, what he did next was he started texting me saying what a jerk you are. <laughs> no, <laughs> I did. I said, oh, you, oh, you were texting Don. No, I sent Don the text that I sent you saying <laughs> oh. that this debate looks like an SNL sketch. Yeah. That DeSantis and Nikki Haley might as well have been Adam Sandler and Tina Fey. <laughs> yeah. 
and then that the Trump was Trumpity Trump Trump and Trumpin stance. Yes, he was. And it was I was like, and I'm going back to bed sincerely, me. <sighs> and I said yeah. that to Don well, so I, he could see. I've been it. meaning to apologize for several days now, so I, I don't even know how he managed to do that. I have no idea how I managed to call you. I think I was trying to text you and I hit the little phone thing instead of the little Oops. text icon. Right. So I, and I, I apologize. Was, yeah, and then Thursday morning I was tired. You were man. dragging tail yeah. feathers on Thursday See, morning. Jimmy, that's pretty mild because when we did the afternoon show, Ron <laughs> would be texting me at like 1, 2 in the morning. That was a different kind of drunk, text. Drunk off his ass. Hey, there was a time in this town. Let me tell you who I am, pal. There was a time in this town where you weren't anybody till you got a drunk text from me at 2 in the morning. The mayor got drunk texts from me at 2 in the morning, okay? Right? I did I did get some drunk texts from Sean when I first when started. When he first started, he did. Yeah. And yes. I had to put uh, some regulations on it. I texted him back, Don, and I said, look, man, you can complain to me twice a month, and that's it. Uh, you're right. <laughs> But that, no. yeah, that was that was that was me in the old days. No, see, he, uh, would, he would never do that to me. He would just text me and tell me whatever he was doing, <laughs> or something he had done, and then that was followed by fourteen texts of "I love you, man." <laughs> I love you, brother. Hey, people text the way they talk when they're drunk. You ever notice that? I love you, man. You know, like texting love, with my thumb. I love you if you weren't so far away, man. So three, you, three exclamation points, man. So much I love you. <laughs> so that happened. So if you know someone, you can tell when they've been drinking oh, through yes. their text. Easy. I can tell when I get them from people. Yep. I got my buddy uh, uh, Ben out in uh, New Mexico, lives in a camper out in the desert. I can tell when that dude's had some wine. You can just tell. Mm-hmm. So those days are behind me. But I am sorry I, I ass-texted you the other night. That was completely unintentional. I, have, I accept your apology, and it made for some good fodder. Yes, it did. Here's Let's bring it. It's Friday. We need a little Gennaro on Fridays, man. Our favorite florist. Our favorite florist. Emphasis on high, right? Here's Gennaro. How you doing, man? Hey, man. This is full Gennaro today, man. Full Gennaro. He's going full Gennaro. You should never go full Gennaro. Hey, and quickly, guys, to solve all your problems with your cell phones and stuff, do what I do. I am calling you guys from a landline, and my telephone cord is like, it can reach 15 feet, man. <laughs> so you've gone back to a landline. <laughs> no. 15 dude, feet. We've, dude, we've had a landline. Uh, the house phone, we've had the number for more than uh, 70 years, man. Wow. Did anyway, you say 70 years? Another, yeah, man. Anyway, Jeez. on another note. With Grandma uh, Bell? Thomas Edison installed their <laughs> landline. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, maybe 60 years, man. Okay. No, no, okay. no. No, maybe about 70 years. Anyway, man. Something funny. You were talking about something funny, and I called in yesterday to mention that that Jason or whatever Momoa guy, <laughs> Aquaman, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, dude, he looks like you if you were twenty years old on steroids. But I never Don looked like that. I, I mean, as but no, no, as Don mentioned it yesterday, the scruffiness, man. The scruffiness. <laughs> I've turned scruffiness into a career, dude. I love my scruffiness. I just think Jason Momoa looks like he smells bad. He just looks like a guy who doesn't bathe on a regular basis. I know it's funny to come for me because I don't re- bathe on a regular basis, but my wife actually says that she thinks Jason Momoa looks he looks like he smells bad. My I, I, wife is the only person on the planet that doesn't have a thing for that guy. I don't like him, man. I don't. I, what don't I, you like about him? Uh... 
he's dirty. <laughs> is this a Mexican thing? I'm just, it's my wife and you. Like, what is this here? What's going on? I don't know, man. What's going on hey, here? Man. All the Mexicans are telling me he looks dirty. Is this an anti-Hawaiian thing that I was unaware of? I don't know. You know what? Oh, God. I don't like him because he's so freaking good looking. That's what I don't like about him. I hate him. Oh, man. I hate you know him. All the chicks go crazy. They do. Him, they man, love that I'm guy. Like, Come on. I'm better looking than him. And yes, I'm you are. Seven and I weigh 150 pounds. That's right. I think you are better looking than him, and I'm not even gay. <laughs> You're little. But if he were. But if I was, <laughs> I'd be asking you out, Gennaro. <laughs> <laughs> you and me, buddy. G man. If only we were gay, we'd be hooking up. All right. Oh man, he's hitting off clubs. Oh god. All right, Gennaro. Clean I that. love you, Uncle Sean. I, I love, love you guys. too, G Gennaro. Clean that bong you. water once in a while, buddy. Uh, hey, hey, well, hold on before you hang up, man. Yeah. One time, uh, this chick, man, she wanted to go out with me, and I and I couldn't. I didn't know how to break the date with her. Right. And you can't make this up. I told her. She's like, well, why can't you go out with me? Um, and I was on the landline. I go, um, I got to change my bong water. Click. I got to change my bong water. <laughs> you That's what you told her? I'm too busy. I got to change my bong water to hey, go out with you. I got to wash my hair. Jeez. That's rough, Gennaro. All right. I love you, man. I love you guys. Let her down Have easy. a great weekend. Let her down easy. <laughs> well, I guess on occasion I've said, oh, go do laundry. No, oh, if man. I didn't want to go out with you, I just didn't call you back, and I just I, I would ghost people. That was I was one of those guys. I was that guy. I would just disappear, man. But uh, anyway. Jason so, Momoa eats spam. He looks like he eats spam. He's Hawaiian. They love spam. They love spam in Hawaii? Yes. Really? Oh. Yeah, it's a thing. Dude. Oh, yeah. It is? Oh, yeah. yes. Why? You go to a Hawaiian restaurant, that's like one of the main staples that they have on the menu. Spam? Yes. Well, they put yeah. pineapples on it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ugh. dude. No, do some research in the commercials. You're going to be shocked. No, I never knew spam was popular in paradise. That's interesting. Well, they smoke a lot of weed out there. <laughs> I bet. Uh, I bet. I bet Willie eats a lot of spam. Willie and Woody and <laughs> right. those dudes there. And uh, where the hell are they on? Uh, what beach are they on? I can't remember. Um, two one. They can't either. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It's Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSa. The twenty twenty four race for the White House. Stay connected with News Talk five fifty KTSa and FM one zero seven one. And we're back. News Talk 550, KTSA, FM 1071. Charlotte, I'm coming to you here in a second, but uh, James and Don are right in Gennaro that spam is a big deal in Hawaii. About 6 million cans of spam are eaten each year in Hawaii, which breaks down to around 5 cans per person. They dig their freaking spam in Hawaii. You live in one of the most beautiful places on the planet, you ever see a luau table? It looks like some good food. And yet, they dig spam. I, I didn't it. know it was that big. It's six million cans a year. Five per... Five cans per person a year is what that breaks down to, I guess. Wow. Uh, here's Charlotte. Charlotte, how are you? Hey, good morning. I'm good. You know, uh, spam is actually huge in Hawaii. Even the McDonald's has it what? on their menu. You could buy yes. spam at Mickey D's in Hawaii? Yes, 
a spam burger, a spam McSpam or whatever it's called. It's true. It's actually true. Are you <laughs> serious? What is it about spam? I don't know. I, I don't know, it, but they love it. The grease, I don't know. I think it the stems from fat. World War Two. Well, it was a World War Two meat because okay. they, it was it was easily manufactured and troops could eat it and people could eat it. It was very cheap, it, but it it, yeah, it came good. out. It was uh, developed in the 1930s in this there country. All right. Well, thank you. I, 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 eating spam in Hawaii, though, for me, that's like going to Taco Bell in San Antonio. You know, I just, I don't really understand it. <laughs> and I'm not anti-spam. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I've, I've eaten my a fair amount of spam in my life. It's been a while. Oh, spam and egg tacos when we were a little low on the money. The Mexicans, yeah, we right. had that. Yeah, that's where sort of the beanie weenies and eggs. Right. And same thing. Crunchy wieners or whatever, crispy wieners. <laughs> I I uh I actually no comment. I, I actually I, I grew up on the East Coast, so we ate Scrapple. Don, did you ever eat Scrapple in your life? No, I can't. Scrapple say I is huge and I think Scrapple is a thousand times tastier than spam. And you know, you, you get a nice chunk of scrapple with some eggs and some syrup. You know, that's good stuff. But spam, I don't know. I always found spam kind of icky. Yeah, I never. I think it was the noise it makes when you dump it out of the can. It's. It sounds like you're dropping your intestines on the floor. Yeah, right. It, <laughs> plop. Cat food. It's. It's like it. Yes, it's Basically, like Alpo. Yeah. It's like human Alpo, man. And oddly, it's popular in Hawaii. Well, you learn something new every day, don't you? Two ones here. You betcha. Oh, the Iowa caucus is on Monday, uh, so you're going to hear a lot of you betcha. Oh, yeah, I got that, got out there and caucused. Oh, yeah, bet, uh, you betcha, oofta. We're going to caucus all day long here in Iowa. Uh, was that Monday, right? The Fox News was just uh, my whole, I, I, I think I've told you this before. And then when we get back at 10.05, we're going to talk about the end of the world. Uh, it's coming up at 10.05, but right now. Well, that's going to ruin everyone's caucusing. <laughs> right, come on, man. Well, you know, we can't caucus during the apocalypse, you know, you betcha. Oofta. Uh, but I, I did, uh, my whole family tree is from Iowa. We're Norwegian, Norwegians from, like, second generation. You know, my grandmother came over on the boat, you know, in, uh, in Iowa, in the northeastern corner of Iowa. There's a big old Norwegian, well, across Iowa and Minnesota, there's a lot of Norwegians, you know, a lot of Swedes. But I, and so the coverage, uh, Fox News has some guy out there, uh, in, this was funny. They were talking to people from Altoona, Iowa. Altoona, Iowa is, is a suburb of Des Moines, and I lived in Altoona, Iowa, uh, for about, two, for about two years between, between the ages, I think, of eight and, and 11. And then we moved back east. But Altoona, yeah, yeah, you know, you betcha. Let's see how those caucuses go on Monday. I I I don't know where you are on on the next year of our lives, which uh, I, I think a lot of what's going on in the world and a lot of what's going on right here uh, has to do really with the election. Certainly a lot of stuff that's happened over the past three years happened because of the last election which the bad guys, the swamp, uh, pretty much successfully cheated, in my opinion. Did a bang-up job of cheating that election. Got a very popular president pulled out of office. 
and a freaking you know mannequin uh, replaced uh, you know in his place in the Oval Office. And as Trump pointed out in that Fox News uh, town hall the other night, when he was in office, there was no wars. Russia didn't roll into Ukraine. Uh, you you didn't see uh, you, you weren't having shootouts in the Red Sea like we are now, like we are today. Hamas didn't roll into Gaza. North Korea was uh, was 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 uh, pretty uh, had been had been fairly docile during the uh, uh, during the Trump years. China wasn't talking a lot about Taiwan during the, China's talking a lot about Taiwan right now, baby. They're t- they're talking up Taiwan. They move on Taiwan. That's kind of the keystone that that gives way to the whole shebang, in my opinion. Because we, uh, according to our agreements with NATO, we we have an obligation to protect Taiwan and to protect its independence. So if if Ty- if China rolls into Taiwan, let's just break it down in our minds for a second. If Taiwan rolls in, or China rolls into Taiwan, and they've been doing exercises and all kinds of military drills around Taiwan as of late, uh, then we we have to be involved in that. We got to do something about that militarily uh from a military standpoint so then we'd have china and taiwan we'd have ukraine uh we'd have uh our shootout in the red sea we'd have continued operations between uh palestine and israel i mean whoa this uh this this could get bad really really quickly so not to again go back to bumming you out. When I get back though, I do want to talk about the Book of Revelation stuff because we had a caller call up, and I we we talk to people every week, and I hear from people every week, and just in conversation around the world, I you know in my life I I hear this from folks. Uh, that and certainly in the evangelical crowd, you hear this a lot that they're lining up the dots with the Book of Revelation, Book of Daniel, and and, and they're seeing. Uh, uh, prophecy coming true, and so a lot of people are, I guess, bracing uh, for the end times. I, and I want to pick your... I'm not. I'll be honest with you. I'm not. Doesn't mean I don't think things are dire right now, but I'll, I can uh, talk a little bit more about that. But I'm just kind of curious as to what you're thinking. If you're a person of faith uh, and you're watching what's going on, uh, are you having those thoughts? Like, well, here we are. What do you think? It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back five minutes after 10 on News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. And we'll have some fun uh, before the show's over. It is Friday. Uh, I want to talk about the heavy stuff, uh, though, at the top of the hour here and deal with that and get your thoughts. Um, we're, we're all watching events unfold in the Red Sea, uh, as we've been talking about all morning. Uh, we, our folks, our military folks, uh, after October 7th, were routinely, uh, attacked, drone strikes and the like from, uh, uh, from Syria and in the Red Sea and, uh, uh, largely attributed to the Houthis, uh, Terrorist bunch of guys, bunch of terrorist a holes who operate uh, at the behest of Iran, as do all the other terrorist groups that we're dealing with right now. As I pointed out last hour, um, obviously an escalation. Uh, uh, they started hitting uh, ships, uh, uh, transports on the in the shipping routes. Uh, 
price of uh, a barrel of oil has gone up about three four percent overnight. Shipping costs have gone up. Um, this affects world commerce. This affects your ability to buy stuff, my ability to buy stuff that I need. Uh, the war in Israel between Israel and Gaza is still going on. We are hearing more and more about China and Taiwan. Then we got that that little booger uh, Zelensky in uh, in Ukraine zapping our bank account, <laughs> zapping our national uh, treasure. Since <laughs> we send billions and billions and billions of freaking dollars over there, we have no idea where it goes. Things are things are rough. We got an open border, which uh, especially here in South Texas, you and I know very very well that situation. We're living it one way or the other. Uh, good that Greg Abbott is doing stuff. Our governor is doing stuff to protect Texas. He took over the Shelby Park in Eagle Pass, which was a staging area for illegals coming over with the feds. Uh, basically kicked him out and took it over, but barbed wire around the whole thing. Uh, Greg Abbott's doing what he can, but the, just as a looking at the entire sitch right now, okay, we got a lot of stuff going down on planet Earth. Um, you couple with the stuff that's going on geopolitically and militarily uh, and as far as national security and the border, and you add into that a lot of the other stuff, a lot of the cultural stuff. One thing you hear people say, and I've said it over and over again, is that things seem backwards right now. Things seem upside down. What used to be considered bad behavior is now admirable, and what used to be considered good behavior is now frowned upon or seen as repressive or, I guess, part of the patriarchy if you're watching Barbie. Um, Culturally, you know, as we evolve technologically, uh, AI is is coming into our lives. We, We, as individuals, as people are becoming very isolated. Uh, we live thanks to social media, and I'm, I'm a part of it. I'm not separating myself out here. Uh, but the, the advent or the uh, rise uh, or the evolution of social media in our lives is something that is just now a, a, a part of our daily lives that we really can't do without now. I think a lot of that has brought a certain level of narcissism into our existences. And a, a technological advance called social media that was supposed to bring us back together. It's called social media. People were, the, the idea, right? Or at least what we were told the idea was to bring new bring a new way for people to socialize. But what it's actually done is basically changed and rewritten the rule book on how we socialize and what that what social interaction even is at this point. And a lot of it is very isolating, very self-absorbed. Uh, in this country, uh, certainly we are obsessed with bread and circuses, and being entertained and distracted. Attention span has gone away. Uh, you, you know, you, you stack all of this stuff up. And for a lot of folks, maybe you listening to me right now, and I'm not being critical of this, I'm not saying that you shouldn't think that in any way, shape, or form, but a lot of people who are people of faith are looking at world events right now and saying to themselves, it's the end times, this is Book of Revelation stuff. Uh, and and I get that. I, and, and I, I don't think... There, we, we've had... A resurgence here and there in that claim. I remember back in the 80s when I was living in Annapolis. 
uh, you know, as a, as a young man, that uh, you, you heard a lot of Book of Revelation stuff at that point for some reason. You know, we also had a lot of stuff going on internationally, uh, uh, ramping up to the Gulf War and the end of the Soviet Union and, and a lot of uh, countries whose borders were redefined at that era in that moment. And a lot of people were saying back then, this is it. I remember we had a church in my neighborhood called Antioch. And this was this was in Annapolis. Uh, so this was a high dollar. These are people with money. Uh, that attended this particular church. These are people who own sailboats and yachts and crap like that and summer homes at, on the on the eastern shore. And the congregation of that church, they, they li- liquidated everything. The parishioners sold all of their worldly possessions. They, they had figured it out to a date when the world was going to end and the Antichrist is going to get his ass kicked by Jesus. And so the people of this church, they sold all of their possessions. And they all would hang. They hung out at this church, uh, preparing for the end times. And I remember the end times came and went, and uh, nothing happened. And these people were in kind of a bad situation because, again, they'd quit all their jobs, they'd sold all their uh, worldly possessions, uh, and certainly in the ramp up to the year two thousand. With remember Y two K, there was a lot of folks talking about the end times then. Um, so, you know, are we there? Um, if I'm being on, you know, I'd like to know what you think. I mean, if you think that I'd like to hear from you and I'm not being critical of you. I'm not saying you shouldn't think that I'm just, I'm just curious as to how many people have that in their head right now. And if that is in your head right now, are you doing anything differently? Are you living your life different? Are you preparing in some regard? I'm just curious. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Now, in full disclosure, and I've said this before on the air many, many, many times, I am not a guy who is ever focused on Book of Revelation stuff. I still don't. Um, partially, the reason for that is a lot of it for me. Just sorry, doesn't make any sense. Um, a lot of what you read in the Book of Revelation. Uh, written by John of Patmos during his uh, when he was uh, you know in a dungeon somewhere. Uh, a lot of the stuff that he described, yeah, you could kind of layer over top of what was going on in the world at that time, which is what some people claim is is the, what the Book of Revelation is all about. Um, for me personally, and certainly this is even more true now after the pa- past five years of my life, where. The universe kind of kicked my ass on a regular basis for about five years with all kinds of stuff that went on. You know, you've been listening. And so where I am right now is I am, I I try to be focused as much as possible on my faith, on, you know, in the program you call it Let God, you know, in AA and all that stuff, letting God just handle stuff, put my faith in God. I don't try to predict crap. I mean, I do on the air, but I mean, as far as how I live my life, I try to stay in this moment I'm in right here, right now. And as far as what happens, I just say, it's it's your will be done. I mean, I really kind of focus on that. Whatever you want, I'm just, you know, I'm focusing on not being a jerk today. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to focus on any given day and just being a decent person. Most days I fail, but I, that's my focus is right here, right now. Because when I start thinking about the past, I get screwed up in the head. When I think too much about the future, I get screwed up in the head. 
And when Sean gets screwed up in the head, Sean does stupid crap. So I have to fight a battle almost constantly. Not a battle, but I, I am constantly trying to remind myself, hey, you're right here. You're right here right now. And uh, as far as end time stuff and end times theology, I've always felt since I was a young person that if you're living the life prescribed by Jesus in the four Gospels, then whatever, however the world ends or whenever that happens, and if it all happens exactly like it's laid out in the book of Revelations, you'll be fine. And I still believe that stuff. And again... A lot of Book of Revelation stuff, I'm just being honest with you, it doesn't make any damn sense to me. And it doesn't make any damn sense to me in regards to what Jesus taught, frankly. Um, a lot of people will be upset at me for saying this, but I think Jesus already came back three days after we killed him. Not really sure why he'd have to come back after that. I, I, you know, we, I've shown you everything you need to know. If, if we all lived the life that Jesus prescribed in the Gospels, we'd be fine, man. We'd be right as rain. I don't know what the PS is supposed to be. I don't know what the second coming is supposed to be about. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm just being honest with you. And even if I'm completely tragically wrong and all that is exactly how it's going to happen, again, for me, as long as I am, as much as I am able to, as an imperfect human being, to live the life that Jesus prescribed, I'm not worried about it. But then again, I don't really worry about anything anymore, to be honest with you. It's one of the great blessings of my life right now and all the crap that I've been through. is It's very hard to rattle me. But So I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but come what may, I'm, I'm good either way. Not going to change anything, not going to do anything different. But I'm curious as to what you're thinking. Uh, 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Here's PK. PK, what's going on with you? Hey, man, what's happening? Hey, man, what are you thinking? I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking of a uh, a lyric out of a uh, a song from the late '60s from uh, Jim Morrison. The uh, future's uncertain, or and the end is always near. Mm. That is very the true. Uncertain <laughs> the way with where we're at right now. What's that? I said the future is certain, uncertain uh, where we're at right now. I agree. Things are very uncertain right now. Uh, I, I do believe the human race is at a turn in the road, so to speak. Um, I, I, this is going to sound crazy. I appreciate the call, man. I, I, you keep calling. You, what do you guys think? Is Are we in the end times? 210-599-5555. If you look at the human race as a species, and you look at all our ancestors and everything that we came from, we've been here for about 6 million years. Uh, as far as our present form, only about 300,000 years, 200,000, 300,000 years. Um, uh, what would the word be, um, geologically (laughs) and cosmically, we're, we're a freaking blink of an eye. We haven't been around very long compared to all of that other stuff that's around in God's great creation. I've always felt that the human race at some point being a relatively new form of life in the universe, uh, we've been children. We're pretty new. I've always said to myself, growing up, this is a thought I've always had. Maybe this kind of lines up with the end time stuff. At some point, the human race is going to hit adolescence. 
Uh, we're going to hit, just like an individual does, has to go through adolescence to become an adult. I think the human race has to go through that, too. And I don't think we've gone through it yet. I think we're doing that now. I think what happens over the next few years will determine if the human race survives, uh, whether as uh, a teeny bopper, a kid, or we become an adult as a species. We have to go through that rough bit of time called adolescence. And I think, in a sense, that's what we're going through right now. Growing pains. I know it sounds like I'm cheapening the situations around the world, but I don't think I am. I think if the human race can get through the age that we're in right now, that we'll be golden for the rest of it. But we got to get there. <laughs> and I think it's going to be really rough getting there. Uh, what do you think? 210-599-5555. Mike, I got to take a break. Hold on, man. I'll come to you as soon as I get back. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. The Sean Rima Show. The Iowa Caucuses. Coverage starts Monday night at 7 on News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. Yes, talking about the end of the world. Happy Friday. 210-599-5555. But seriously, what are you thinking? Is this book of Revelation stuff? Uh, is it the human race going through growing pains? What What do you think? Here's Trucker Mike. How you doing, man? Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, I'm out here on the road rolling right now. Trying, to, I'm over here in Alabama trying to make my way back to Texas. Oh man, uh, look like yeah, look like they got some cold weather coming in. So yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah, this weekend, so yeah, hopefully I get there before uh, the cold weather get there. I'm trying to get there tomorrow, hopefully. But yeah, Sean. Um, yeah, under this current administration that we living in right now. Uh, unfortunately, we might be close to uh, Armageddon, close to the end, uh, with, due to the incompetence of Joe Biden and his administration. You know, like Trump said, you know, look at all the wars that this, this idiot has got us involved in. And, you know, it's just a matter of time uh, when Taiwan goes into, I mean, I mean, when China goes into Taiwan mm. and take that over, and then we got another problem. So well, unless we get a man like Trump in the White House that can... Uh, Put his foot down and let these countries know that we're not going to be stepped on. We will end up in an Armageddon, and then only bad things go. Because you could bet your last dollar on this, John. If Iran, if they get a nuclear weapon, they're not oh, going to talk about using it. They're going to use it. Yeah. And, and, and due to Joe, and due to Joe Biden's stupidity, it looks like Iran might get a might get a nuclear weapon in the next couple of years. And I thank you for taking my call. All part. right, man. Good luck getting back home and be safe. And we'll talk to you again next week. Have a great weekend, man. I, The thing about – I was thinking about this last night. And I, I think what I'm about to say is, is true. And, and maybe you disagree or agree. What's really interesting about the moment we're in is that really it's all about Trump. It's one man, in a sense, has had a global impact on a scale that very few individual people, I think, ever achieve. Because I, I and, and again, it's because the presidency of Donald Trump was so different, uh, and fa- factually, in a sense, you could call it revolutionary in in the way he went about being president. And, and a lot of folks for, for years, I was one of them, and said, you know, well, before Trump, we need a non-politician in the Oval Office. So we, we need some, For a while there, a brief period of time, I thought Mitt Romney was going to be that guy until I figured out what a piece of crap he is. 
But for years, I said, if we could just get someone in the Oval Office who is not a politician, maybe a businessman who will treat the country like a business, which is precisely what Trump did. And as he said the other night, there was no active, there was no war. It doesn't mean there wasn't violence and war on planet Earth and civil war and stuff like that in different places. But the Trump era did not usher in any new war. And the bad guys that we classically have to deal with were pretty muted during those four years. Uh, uh, Russia, uh, North Korea, uh, even China, which is one of the reasons why I think we got a pandemic uh, out of China. Uh, he really was was holding the world in check via his presidency. And then you take Donald Trump off the scene or take him out of the mix and look at what's happened. And Well, you take Donald Trump out of the mix and you replace Donald Trump with the extremist and uh, ultimately self-destructive policies of the Joe Biden administration. Whoever is running that. And look at where we are. In three years. Uh, so, you know, I, I maybe this was a moment that was coming. Maybe this is a, a moment uh, predicted in Scripture. I don't know. All I do know is that, yeah, what's really kind of surreal, when you really stop and think about it, Trump really did stomp on the terror, <laughs> as Hunter Thompson would say, and uh, and wielded a great deal of influence that once it went away, in the vacuum of that, man, things are nuts. I hope we survive it. 210-599-5555. Very quickly, Alex, how are you, man? Doing well, brother. Thank you, and good day. Good day. What are you thinking? Um, In reference to, I guess, perspectives and where everyone feels that they're at, you know, have it be stress or confusion or whatever it may be, or even trust or whatever it may be. Um, to that respect, it's kind of like when you go to a, go to see a film with somebody and they're like, hey, that actor looks like that one guy from that one film. And you're really just there to see the film. And by the time the, the, the credits come, we're just like, man, we, we missed the whole thing. <laughs> you think uh, the so, human events are kind of passing by us like that, you mean? or? Well, I mean, it's kind of like when, a, when, it, when someone older in the family says, hey, you should see this movie I saw when I was little. You might like it. Like, say, like the uh, Willy Wonka film, you know? <clears throat> Well, I think, we, can pass, we, right. we pass traditions around. Right. And so and so with that, we can have expectations. Say, like, you know, you give a child a name and you, you expect that to fulfill itself, you know? Right. Well, I, man, I appreciate the call. I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, again, I, 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 I try not to define anything that's going on right now other than it's going on. Uh, and I do know, maybe you're the same way, I am kind of bracing for like the next big bad thing to happen. I think we're all kind of there. But uh, w- as far as our individual thoughts on what we think is actually going on, I find that interesting. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. Wow. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. That's cool music. 1038. I don't know who it is, but it's cool. Phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. Um, let's see, a couple of things here. Uh, yeah, wow. It's I, I say this, I, I've said, I said this a few days ago. It's going to be cold, man. A cold front's rolling in. Uh, Monday morning is going to suck. 
uh, as far as driving. My wife actually wanted me to like get the equipment to work from home on Monday because she's worried about me driving. You know, and I, 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 I'll be fine. I'm going to get to that in a moment, but it's going to be cold, you know, and I, what, James, what's the, what are we looking at? Don, what are we looking at? The low temperature during the day, forties, something like that. actually on Monday, couldn't it be even lower than that. Yeah. And yeah. You're looking at in thirties, thirties. Now I don't care where you're from or where you've lived. Thirties under th- anything under th- in the thirties is cold. No matter where you are, man, that's cold. And we could get some freezing rain, right? Mm-hmm. That we're hearing. Uh, and Sunday night into Monday morning. And I, I and I told you guys a couple of days ago that like I never wanted to be that guy who lived in Colorado and lived in the Midwest and lived in Maryland and like you up in uh, Maine and dealt with really harsh winters. And I never wanted to be that guy that rolls in like, ah, you people, this ain't nothing. But, you know, when you're in the 30s, I don't care where you are, that's freaking cold. Yeah, and you and I also know that when you live in a place that has really bad, and I was talking to my wife about this the other day, when you live in a place that has really bad winters, you you sort of have to learn how to drive in that stuff. You know, I mean, you just to get around. And I understand that here, you know, this is my new home. Well, not my new home anymore. I've been here, I guess, fourteen years, and I never leaving, but. You know, when you live in a region of the world that doesn't get really heavy winters at all, well, no, you're not going to have the snow plows. You're not going to have the investment in all the stuff that they have, uh, you know, in Des Moines or New York City or wherever where they have massive, you know, really long winters uh, that they can roll in there and start clearing that stuff out pretty quickly. Why would you have that stuff here? You don't need it. This only this doesn't happen very often, and so I don't want to come off as a jerk. But I mean, as far as driving around in it, it's it's very it's pretty simple. You just really got to go slow. You just got to take it easy, man. That's that's really how you drive. Because if if we have freezing rain Sunday night into Monday morning, it's going to be slippery on Monday morning. It just sort of is going to be slippery. You may not be right. able to tell by looking at it. If it's slippery or not, but you have to just sort of assume it's going to be, it is slippery. And you just, there's a real simple solution. You just go slow. Because here's the thing, and especially considering we're looking at some sleet and freezing rain, possibly Monday. And the thing is, ice doesn't care how big and bad your truck is. No, it does not. (laughs) It's going to take you out. Dude, I've seen a lot of four wheel drives sitting on the side of the road that spun Mm -hmm. out, turned over. Yeah, just because you got four-wheel drive doesn't mean you can drive on any any damn thing. No. And I think for me, the the hardest thing that I had to learn about driving on black ice and stuff like that and, and slippery roadways is that when your your back end starts to slide, that sounded funny. Um, <laughs> I think that was a popular with all my, dance with back my in diverticul- the 60s. Yeah, with my diverticulitis, that happens a lot, yeah. <laughs> and it might it might have been a my back end slides, and it might have been a dance in the sixties. Yeah, but if and you know this, if you begin, if your tail end starts to slide or you start to slide, you your natural instinct is to steer away from it, but you have to actually steer into it, which mm-hmm. is what people don't do. Let off the accelerator. Let off the accelerator. Don't jam the brakes. Don't do not j- don't no. slam on the brakes, baby. No. I can't yank the parking brake and just no. start spinning. No, okay. you you'll spin like a top and you'll go off the road. 
Only in the J.C. Penney parking lot if there are no cops around. Yeah, or downtown if it's New Year's Eve. But, <laughs> or if the Spurs ever win another championship. <laughs> if the Spurs championship. ever win, then it's okay to do donuts, yeah. you know. But you steer into it, and then that takes it takes you out of the turn, in a sense, and you're able to right yourself. And I had to do that many times in Colorado. Mm-hmm. But really, it's just about taking it easy, man. Take it, don't take it, don't, you know, you, you, you could, because it happens very quickly when you start to slide or skid. And it sometimes happens when you least expect it. Uh, so just, that's all, just take it easy. If you don't have to go anywhere, don't go anywhere. Don, man, I heard you mention earlier how it's, and I think this is funny too, how people, when it's going to snow, they run to the store <laughs> and they buy bread and milk. Bread, milk, and eggs. Bread, yeah. milk. Like, you're only going to eat breakfast all day long. Right. Because bread, when milk, the power and eggs. goes out, there's no better food than French toast when the power goes out. <laughs> there's no better than an yeah. egg when you have no power to fry it <laughs> or poach it or scramble it. Just crack it open, dump it down your throat Rocky style. Right. Then run up a flight of stairs. When I was drinking and there was a storm coming, I was out buying booze because that's what I didn't want to run out of. Well, you see that bread makes and sense. water out of bread and eggs. Now I want some booze. Stay warm and just stay warm. Got to add that to my list. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Don't run out of booze. That Jimmy stops at Specs to stock up. Pre-storm. <laughs> be a run at Specs. That's how you know who the real alcoholics are. Is when they're, yeah. they're not lining up outside of HEB. They're lining up outside of Specs, man. And, right. and they're walking out, walking out with the uh, box They've instead got the of box. In, instead it's of not a, bag. a bag. They got a box. Yeah, that's a professional. Right. You don't want to run out of the hooch when you you, you snowbound. Yeah. When you show up at when you show up at Specs with a U-Haul, now you're talking. When you're bringing a dolly into Specs, <laughs> got, so, got a weight belt on so you don't overlift. Help pull up. Give yourself a hernia. <laughs> That's the real alcoholics. They're the true alcoholics. First off, true alcoholics. Okay, and I can speak from experience. All right. True alcoholics, first off, if the liquor store opens up at 10, which they all do, you're there at a quarter to 10. All right. you're, you can tell the real alcoholics in any town because they're in the parking lot of the liquor store on a Tuesday at a quarter mm-hmm. to 10. We're waiting. And if it's snow, bad weather's coming, they're bringing boxes, dollies. Because, man, those dudes don't want to run out, man. I had a boss that did that for years. What's that? He would disappear like at nine thirty, quarter to ten. <laughs> it, it took me about a month to figure out what he was doing. He was going down, <laughs> waiting for the liquor store to open. Dude, up. <laughs> right. If if you want to see a future a future AA meeting, okay, yeah. just go to any out any liquor store at at nine forty five on a Saturday morning. Or any morning, okay? The people out there are waiting for that open light to go on. Those are the real devoted alcoholics. I'm just saying. Right. And they're stocking up today, man. They sure as hell are. It's not quite the Stanley Cup mayhem we saw at Christmas time, but it's pretty darn close. <laughs> it might be. Yeah. So, yeah, just take it easy and layer up, man. A big bulky thing. Layering up is better than a bulky thing. That also sounded kind of funny, didn't it? Gina, 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 how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I was just calling because my husband set me up today to look like an alcoholic when he said, go to Specs and buy two bottles of tequila. Jeez. Me, not knowing the time, I get there, I walk up to the door, it doesn't open. I'm uh-huh. literally, literally gazing in the windows like, where is everybody? 
And then I real I look around. I'm like, well, there are cars here, and I'm just like, not. It's not clicking. And then I look at the sign. It says open at ten, and it was like nine fifty. Right. Like, I told and my all the chronics are like, there waiting right next to you. Right. Turned on and the I open sign. Husband, Where is she? Thank you for setting me up to look like a crazy alcoholic. There you go. Rock on. Right. Thank you, Gina. Have a drink for me. Yeah. He's probably the same guy that sent her into the auto parts store for headlight fluid. Probably. Right, right. Oh, I'm out of that. i got to pick up some of that stuff. So, yeah, if you own a liquor store and you want to screw with people, okay, you want to screw with the chronics that are going to show up every morning, turn the open light off before you go the night before, okay? So when they pull up, they see that open light on. Why? Come on, door won't open, man. Guy, I need to get in there. Where is he? All right. 210 Adventures in Alcoholism with your Uncle Sean. (laughs) If you're showing up before the liquor stall opens, you might have an issue. So in summation, (laughs) we have World War III going on. The Book of Revelations might be happening, and if you need alcoholic tips, this is the station. This for is the you. station, right. and severe too. weather, of and yeah. severe weather. Layer because up. you know, if you're drunk enough, Armageddon won't mean a damn thing. Yeah, if, you, if she drinks those two <laughs> bottles of tequila, <laughs> she'll see Jesus. You think they're going to care about the Antichrist and the big giant <laughs> prostitute? Anyway, two one zero five. Let's book a revelation stuff. All right, 210-599-5555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. The 2024 Race for the White House. Stay connected with Newstalk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. <laughs> Newstalk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. The final few moments of the show. Phone lines are open. Whatever's on your brain. 210-599-5555. Who's that guy that does you might be a redneck if dot, dot, dot? Jeff, Jeff, Fox, Jeff Foxworth. I should do that. Like you might be, an, you may be an alcoholic. If dot dot dot. If you're, if you routinely find yourself waiting outside of a liquor store for it to open in the morning, you might have an issue. Conversely, if you're hitting the drive-through at Taco Cabana on a Sunday and buying five margaritas to go and a ground beef taco, you might have a problem. <laughs> so there, they sell. Um, they sell on Sundays. That's the point. Yeah, oh, okay. you you go to the Taco Cabana on Sun during COVID. It was great because no. you could buy the shots. Noted. <laughs> See? Because you can't buy, you can't go to liquor store on Sundays, but you can go to Taco Cabana and Chachos. Anyway, 210-599-5555. Uh, what was I going to hit you up with before I got out of here? Oh, Hunter, Hunter's Arch. Yeah, this is just fast. This gets more fascinating by the day. Remember the other week when he was outside the, the what was he, outside the Capitol? Where the hell? Talking about how nothing untoward was going on with everything in his life, his relationship with his dad, and his art. We found out a few days ago, a guy sitting next to him in the, when he was, for the brief moment, he showed up to that House uh, that, uh, congressional hearing the other day. His best buddy, uh, who, you know, has lent him millions of dollars, uh, is his buddy that you largely believe that this is a guy who gets him his drugs. And apparently, th- this is the guy who's been buying most of his artwork. His buddy, his friend, a lawyer who basically wipes his ass for him, does everything for him, has also been buying his art. Why does that matter? Uh, I'll tell you why. Well, because, first off, both the president and Hunter Biden both said when this art thing came up and people were accusing the Bidens and Hunter Biden of essentially hiding bribes 
via the purchase of his crap art. And I'm not one to normally crap on people's art, but it sucks. But he's got, that's not art. He's not an artist. That's freaking spin art, man, okay? He shows no control over the elements or the medium or any level of discipline. And they were saying, well, why are people paying so much for your freaking art? And it was believed. Well, there was a woman, uh, Elizabeth Naftali, that we now discover uh, also spent about forty grand on Hunter Biden art. And oddly, uh, uh, sometime after she purchased about forty k worth of his crap art, she was appointed to a heritage commission in the Biden uh, administration. It's a bit coinky dinky, don't you think? Uh, so, you know, I, 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 and this is what we're like. And plus, again, both Hunter Biden and his, his dad and the press secretary, if you remember correctly, both went on, all three of them went on the record. Well, I guess Hunter doesn't really have a record to go on, but you know what I mean? Saying, no, Hunter has no, we have no idea. We've kept the purchases anonymous. Uh, He has no idea who's buying his works of art. Joe Biden has no idea who's buying uh, these works of art, uh, and uh, and we have found out that that is that is apparently absolutely not true. Now, again, I, I I know you probably don't give a crap about Hunter Biden as an artist. I don't either. I, I also believe that the art thing is a way to basically launder bribe money or just money in general that's supposed to go to the Bidens, but you need some sort of way to get it to them. I'll buy this piece of crap art for $500,000. But very obviously, in the case of this Elizabeth Neftali, uh, the purchase of the Biden, of the Hunter Biden art, in my opinion, allegedly, you know, uh, bought her a, uh, a, a chair on this particular committee. That deals with American heritage stuff. I'm not, it, it, it sounds to me like it's one of those gigs you get just to get paid, you know, or just to, <laughs> I don't know what they actually do, but she's sitting on that committee and she didn't get that appointment until after she had purchased all this crap art. Uh, I, I think the Biden clan are a money making crime family. I don't, I don't put them on the same level as like mafia crime families because I don't think they're tough people. I, I don't think they're tough guys. I think Hunter Biden likes to tell himself he's a tough guy, but tough guys don't smoke crack in an isolation tank in Malibu, okay? I I, I think that they're owned is basically what it is. Certainly China owns Biden's ass. Uh, a lot of bad guys that we're dealing with right now own them uh, one way or the other. And and learning more about this these art deals where both claim they didn't know anything. And some emails, I guess, came out in testimony showing without any, you know, uh, any uh, reason to believe otherwise that, uh, yeah, there was a concerted effort to make these things look like genuine art sales, but it's his best friend buying the crap. And again, a guy, his best friend, his buddy there, who has already paid, he, I think he paid off some, lent him two million bucks at some point for some damn thing he had to pay. Back taxes. This guy, the guy who was buying his art, also uh, lent Hunter Biden the money to pay his back taxes, allegedly. They're just as corrupt as the day is long.
which is why I almost barfed the other day when I saw Jack Black on the Golden Globes red carpet uh, talk about what a great guy Joe Biden is. I've also had enough of Jack Black, to be honest with you, with that hyper thing. Thank you, James. Thanks, Elaine Rodriguez, Don Morgan, and my good brother Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. Bye.